There we go. Look, I'm still so much louder though. I don't understand. <laughs> I think you've just got a more overwhelming voice. T T T T T. Right, should we begin? Sure, why not? Hello, everyone. Hi, guys. <laughs> we are back with episode four of the Celtic Queens of Pop. It's been a while. How are yeah, we, Mark? I'm good. I'm good. I'm having a gorgeous little morning. I got up early, had a bath, and read a chapter of my book. Yeah, very good. What about you? What book are we reading? All About Love by Bell Hooks. Very good, nice. actually. Yeah. We read loads of her in my master's. That was me. That was a subtle drop of your master's there. <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch It's a Sin? Uh, no. I'll be watching it at some point. Um, I don't know when. <laughs> I didn't prepare, watch it last night. Yeah, prepare yourself to be in like a solid mental place when you watch it. The last episode is fantastic. You've watched all five? Yeah, I sat and watched all of them last night. <laughs> That's psychotic. Um, no, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. Um, cause I feel like I want to let it, like I want to live with it for a while. Cause I love Russell's yeah. shows and I rushed years and years the show and then was so sad oh. when I did it. So I'm going to actually try and watch this weekly. Um, also I just that don't know if Louis. Yeah, I also just don't know if Lewis will actually want to watch something that like is apparently quite heavy. So I'll maybe just watch it by myself. But yeah, I'll watch it at some point yeah. this week. I didn't feel like it last night. I was in a good vibe. We watched Don't Breathe and Lewis had never seen it before. And oh, it was so... I love that movie. Do you know they filmed the sequel? <laughs> yeah, um, it was so funny. So like he actually, he was terrified. I've not seen him that scared ever, but I forgot because I've not seen it since the cinema and I just remember like it was really good it was really scary but I did forget how scary and fast-paced it was and like I literally felt sick but it was so yeah. funny it's it was such, such an a good intense time. fucking movie <clears throat> it's just um you know if you want to feel something right now watch Don't Breathe you <laughs> definitely... really really hard heart uh, uplifting um <clears throat> movie about the tenacity of the human spirit go for it I mean, I don't even mean uplifting. I just mean to feel anything in the soul. It's really, you will forget No, I would everything. be sarcastic. <laughs> yeah. I know, it was wild. It was a great time. Because um, before that, we tried to watch the, um, you know, the thriller about coronavirus. No. So <laughs> in summer, some sick pervert made a movie about um, <laughs> coronavirus when we were literally like four months into the pandemic and it's on amazon prime what's it called bird song i think um and it's getting like ripped to shreds it's getting such oh, bad reviews that's the one with archie from riverdale in it i would not know right um oh, yeah i have you no idea <laughs> but yeah we literally i was like this will be funny like maybe like it, i was thinking like everyone's saying it's so bad i was like maybe it'll be so bad it's good but then we we're watching it we got like 25 minutes in and they mentioned like new year new strain and i was like no Nah. <laughs> nah, nah, that, that doesn't, yeah, it doesn't sound like a, like a lol. It just was not for me, like, honestly, and Lewis was just sitting traumatised, like, I don't want to watch this, and then I was getting scared, because obviously they did it in summer, and I was like, well, there wasn't, there, there weren't any new strains in summer, so this just going to make me, like, freak out and think that everything that they've, they've done is predictions. So we turned it off and watched Don't Breathe, and it was a much, much more pleasant experience. That's a way better experience. Um, so... This yeah. week, we are 
going to discuss the eighth studio album of the one and only Rihanna, Ante, which was released five whole years ago. Sweet fucking Jesus. Five it years really... ago. Does it feel like five years to you? Well, remember when I said that I've now spent 20% of my life waiting on Rihanna's ninth album? That is a long oh, time. Yeah. That's a lot. A lot to wait on. <laughs> like, because sometimes I'm like, no, I can remember being in one of those things called clubs, dancing to work. But then I'm like, how old was I? So I just turned 20. I, like, that's like a lifetime ago. We didn't even know each other then. I was, was just about to say. Before we met. Yeah. We've had so, an entire friendship blossom since since her last musical output. Yeah, which is just really quite depressing. But anyway, five years since the classic, um, when she still released Fenty music. And <laughs> so we are. <laughs> so we're just gonna we're just gonna go into it, and um, we're here to celebrate. <laughs> yeah, I think it makes it actually. I'm happy that I mean I'm not happy that it's taken five long five five years for her next album, but this is an album that I appreciate more and more the further away I get from its release. So, did you not like it when it first came out? No, I <laughs> at all. This is why uh, no, except for Kiss It well. Better. I really didn't like it at all. To be honest, Auntie is kind of the reason why I am now very much aware that I need to like live with stuff for a <laughs> few months before I actually form an opinion because because I can admit that I was very wrong about this album. It really infuriated Matt at the time. But yeah. That's so insane. Why did you not like it? What was it? I think it was just such a mishmash of different genres and I think I don't think there's anything on the album that's as like sort of in your face as bitch better have my money and I wanted that and then there's nothing really as folky as four or five seconds and I really enjoyed that. So I think it was just what you I don't know what I was folk. expecting. Well no, I didn't want it all to be folk, but like those were the teasers that I had in my head and then what I heard was like a very strange album. Like whenever that James joint one comes in at the second second song i was like what the fuck is this um oh my god see i love that and then but she released that as well she released james joint before bitch better have my money the year before she released it on 420 um <laughs> just as like a little teaser so we'd had that for so long so clearly you weren't paying attention clearly i wasn't paying any you attention were. to to your queen our queen but did you love it initially i assume that you did yeah, like absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, a hundred percent. I can't remember there being even one song I didn't like. Straight away, I could tell. Um, never ending was the weakest, and that's never really done much Has for me. I still like it. It's cute, but I feel like it's really out of place in the album. But like the rest of it, I remember hearing work on Radio One for the first play and feeling like okay, this is a lot more muted, but it's a vibe and it's sort of back to like her island kind of roots. Yeah. Um, and then after like the third or fourth lesson, I was like, no, okay, this is a bop. And then that was just such a grower. And I feel like that happened for everyone. Cause I remember, I can't remember the 
what one it was. What's it called? Greg James or someone on Radio One? Yeah. Yeah, and it was him that played it. And then when it finished, like usually if it was like a big pop song or like the big first single, you'd be like, wow, she's back. That's amazing. And he was like, well, that was different. And I was like, oh God. It was such like a flat response. It was such a fucking jarring first single. I remember whenever it was released, I was um, at my, I was working at my first job and I had to go and see student theatre because that was one of our clients. And um, during the intermission, I went to the um, bathroom and found a link for it and listened to it in the, <laughs> in the bathroom. And I remember just being like, what the fuck have I just heard? Like, what is this? And then I did my usual thing of thinking that shit and didn't decide to re-listen. And then it wasn't until probably the video came out that I sort of realized that it was constantly in my head. Do you, do you know what I mean? I think I found her like sort of lazy delivery of the verses. I was more irritated by the song than entranced by it at the start. Um, again, this whole episode is just going to be me saying I was wrong in my initial opinions on everything. So you didn't like it, so you just didn't listen to it? No, I listened to it the first time, didn't like it, and then didn't re-listen. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's insane. I Oh, yeah. I think no matter what, how I feel about a Rihanna song, even at first when I was like, that's different, I like listen to it over and over again to then like, like feel out the song instead of just like doing a one-off, usually just to make myself love it. But, um... I mean, that never really has to happen, but cause especially, because you're saying lazy delivery, what we actually know it to be, Mark, is patois, Bajan patois. Um, yeah. You know, know so that yeah. that's the reality. But also because you literally couldn't understand what she was saying, though, because it was lazy delivery and it also was like the Bajan patois. I was like, I don't under- yeah. actually understand what this is about. Um, but then it was so good. And also that was Drake before he was an absolute pain in the arse and it was still about so them reuniting after Take Care and What's My Name. It was just, you know, after a couple of lessons. It was a nice, yeah. It was the moment, it was the moment. Before we go into that, because I feel like there's so much to talk about if we're just talking about Auntie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I, I like, think where do you even begin? Do we start with four or five seconds? Do we, you know? No, no, we're not going into the, al- we're not going into the song before Auntie. Nah, okay. just go, just do the album. Right, right, turn off the light. Turn off the light. We're gonna lose our man tonight. What's the What's deal? The deal? Yeah. This sucks. <laughs> okay. Who sings that? Pink. Ah, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so, Auntie, 27th of January, 2016. It leaks. There's a weird shoddy free release on Tidal for the first million downloaders, which basically scammed her into getting a platinum plaque because a million people downloaded (laughs) it for free, and then she got a platinum plaque (laughs) for selling a million. um, A vibe. And I remember she got so much stick for that at the time because people were saying like she's trying to like buy sales and whatever, and like it was all messy, but she had the last laugh because Five years on, it's one of the most streamed yeah. female artist albums mm. of all time. It is even the reviews that of that were at the time maybe a bit like her own 
um yeah you know not really recognizing what was there not um, really yeah because they were comparing it to the previous releases like so many outlets have now done like retros retrospective yeah yeah retrospective reviews about its impact um for how it then really steered mainstream music and also music just like and- also just like album releases for women i think because rihanna was the one who was turning them out constantly and then stopped so then the fact she took so long and then just like dropped an album which was basically just her i mean you can tell from listening to it she basically just did exactly what she wanted and didn't care about yeah she really poured herself into this one didn't care about like chasing the hits or whatever like i feel like her doing that obviously she'd earned that right by that point but i feel like then other especially female artists and like r&b um and pop as well but more r&b like they just took their time with their albums and just did what they want because like scissors was not long after and obviously she's on the album but she took years with control and then it was just like yeah her thing um and then kalani like i feel like people have just it sort of normalized the way of taking more time with your work instead of turning them out because yeah. rihanna learned the best way from that by her making a shift because as much as we love you know the the albums that um in that period when she would release one a year as much as you know they have their highs and their lows they kind of were uh, like a, a lot of times just sort of like single homes like homes for singles like yeah in that kind of way and this album being the first one of hers where you can tell that she didn't record anything thinking this is going to be a hit she strong-armed work into being a hit that happened i think on her power but she didn't record that song thinking this is going to be a massive you know be the the hit that it ultimately ultimately ended up being um and i think she made a big difference with female artists it became a little bit more important to like believe the music that you were releasing that was more important over like have we got a single on this album yeah because Although work, I think, actually was probably one of the ones where she did think this is it. Um, so it was one of the final songs recorded for the album, but it is still, I get what you mean, because in the same way, I feel like it is the more, but then no, because at the time it was, it was such a strange single. But it is I a weird song, was... like those muted responses that we talked about, like. <clears throat> yeah, but with Drake being the feature, so it being like their third collab, so that's maybe it's just because that's got the hype because it is but then it is sort of the most clubby-ish of um of all songs production wise on the album so it probably is the most obvious single choice and it was one of the last ones to make the album so i feel like she probably knew it would be but it it definitely was her believing in it because the song could have done nothing but it was rihanna just not giving a fuck and just doing it and feeling herself and that confidence, mm-hmm. ultimately, I feel like is what makes it, isn't it? 100%. Um, so what we'll do is going to go through the track list before we go on to the songs that we can discuss, just to get the overall vibes okay. for the songs. But one word reviews so that we don't take a long time. Okay, this will be really tough. I have never <laughs> been concise in my life. Right. Okay. One. Neither <laughs> have I. I'll say the title, you see your word, I'll say my word, and so forth. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Consideration featuring Scissor. Moody. Empowering. 
James Joint. Jarring. Vibe. Kiss it better. Come on, Mark. Um, immaculate. Phenomenal. Uh, work featuring Drake. Sexy. <laughs> Little Bot. white Irish guy. Yes, it's a sexy. Flirtatious. Desperado. Menacing. Odd. Woo. Strange. Wild. Needed me. Attitude. Oh my god, I was going to say something so cringe, but I can't do it. Uh, <laughs> you have to say it. No, no, say the cringe thing. You can cut it out if you need to want to. No, it's technically two words anyway, I think, but it came to my head and it's what? so cringe. I can't actually say it? it in Scottish you accent. Have Badass. Badass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, needed me is so badass. Love it. It's love, so love, love. badass. Well, we'll keep it there. <laughs> I think Americans use it as one word. So, well, it's a vibe. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I said it. Enticing. I'm going to quote my good friend Rona here and say dripping. Because <laughs> uh, that song. Right, Rona. Woo! Um. Same old mistake. <laughs> Same old mistakes. The cover of Team Impala. Yeah, um, my word for that is going to be genius. Safe. Um, never ending. <laughs> oh, um, beautiful. Subpar. Um, love on the brain. You hyphenated words. <laughs> um, <laughs> love on the brain is the one that I've actually done the biggest one eighty on. So. Why would I just, what would the word be for that? Um, I'm gonna go for timeless, but I would have said classic. Oh, that was mine. Um, maybe, well, if you're doing timeless, I'll do. Well, we can have the same word. We don't have to differ on everything. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> we need to share vocab, inspire the girls. Um, no, timeless can work, yeah. Timeless is a vibe. Yeah. Um, higher. Desperate. Wow. Uh, close to you. Moving? Is that shit? Mm, cute. Good night, Gotham. Bad shit. Silly. <laughs> One of my favourites. Pose. Honestly. Um, iconic. <laughs> uh, oh my pose. god. I love How Pose so it? much. What would my word be? Insane. Um, and then the last song, Sex With Me. Carefree. I'm just going to say hot because it's hot. That's hot. So, Auntie's my favorite Rihanna album. Um, definitely. I love mm. them all, really, to be honest, even the single homes, but it definitely is my favorite. Where does it rank in your Rihanna albums? It is my second favorite. Oh, that's higher than I thought. What's number one? Mm-hmm. Do you want to guess? Rated R? Yeah. Good Which choice. I think there is a nice little thread between the two albums, TBH, but um, Rated R was really the genesis of my crazed Rihanna phase. And um, I think it's perfect. So you weren't a day one girl, you were Rated R? Oh, no, 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 I was day one. I have her I have um, her debut and all that shiz, but she was sort of just like, 
you know, something fun for the summer. Just giving the girls back. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then a rated R was when I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, rated R was a turning point. But yeah, no good choice. I, I'm, I vibe with that. Um, so the album as a whole, I am shocked at these numbers, right? So Anti, when it was released, actually, I don't even know if this was first week, but Anti peaked in the UK at number seven, which is like so shocking. I also feel like we should remind people, so it's been five years since Anti, but the album, it had been three years and two months since the Rihanna album when she had released three albums in three years. Um, between 2009 yeah. and 2000 wait no it was four albums it was four albums was in four. four years yeah yeah every november from 2009 to 2012 oh i always forget that it starts with rated r doesn't it that that era yeah so it was rated r um then it was loud talk that talk and then unapologetic four albums in four years and then she was taking a little break from music she said it didn't really last long she was in the studio after like a week or two um But then that was just to record different music and try different things. She released Four or Five Seconds, Bitch But I Have My Money and American Oxygen as one-off singles in 2015. And everyone was like, when is the album coming? What is happening? We've been waiting so fucking long. And all this hype. And then it got to the... I think it's because Four or Five Seconds was huge. She recorded it at the Grammys. It did well in the main territories in UK and US especially. Um, yeah, Bitch Better Have My Money definitely was too intense for the UK I think whereas like in America because they are um, they were more into like trap and like the sound that it was at the time um, chart wise so it definitely performed better there but not like top 10 or anything and then American Oxygen was just a bit like a like a burst balloon it just sort of like yeah wow. um so I don't know if it was that and then it was just because nothing followed it up with an album announcement everyone was like what's happening is she just waiting for a hit so she was the beginner this was the beginning of people fans naming albums wasn't it Auntie was R8 and that's that's where that all started where people now name you know new artists albums with their initials and which was obviously taken to its death point by LM5 which is the worst album title of all time but this you know she, she started it. I actually forgot about all that. Well, I mean, it's not even her, really. It's the Navy. Come on, stand yeah, up, thanks. Navy. <laughs> um, but, oh my God, you know, when I was younger, I um, wanted my first tattoos to be <laughs> Little Monster yeah, and then an anchor. Oh, for fuck's sake. I mean, <laughs> I, I still wouldn't put it past you getting those now. <laughs> Oh my god, I would never get an anchor. It's so like cheap and tumbler, but I was so into it and was like, I'm gonna get a little anchor on my wrist for being in the Navy. Did you do something you else that's like naval based? <clears throat> uh naval based? I yeah, like the Navy. Oh right, okay. Wait, I, I thought you meant naval as in like you on my naval. Your naval naval giving. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Nope. Um but no, I've got my Rihanna tattoo now anyway. I've got the red balloon from the anti-cover, oh, remember? Yeah. So, which yeah. so many people, rude, 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 strangers, <laughs> ask if it's because of the film It, and I've never even fucking seen anyway. it. Anyway, <laughs> well then you should stop being such a clown. Ah! 
Well, okay, this episode is cut short. It's Thank done. You, Goodbye. RIP. Yeah, so word of warning if any of you fans out there <laughs> see me, <laughs> and then any of the sex of you see Ross in person, which I assume you will, then just it's because of Anti, okay? Let me just put it on the record. It's because of Anti by Rihanna. It is not because of this Penny character that people talk about. So, um, anyway, back to yeah the album. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like the hype because there were those singles, and because she was just silent about an album, she never said, and she what she was just releasing the singles with no word of an album. She was just like, "Yep, I'm still yeah. recording, still recording," and now you can see because it says that the last song was there were still recordings done in January, which might have just been like back in vocals or whatever. But she did the same with Unapologetic. Mm-hmm. She was like tweeting from a home set up studio like five days before the album came out and was like, I need to deliver it to the label the next day. And you're like, she's just so last minute, but she must just know when it's done. Um, so she was recording right up until that very last minute. So I suppose she never really lied. Um, she must have just known that no. was it um, to then put it out. But it, it is probably right in saying that a lot of the hype had fizzled out because clearly we can see a number seven debut for Rihanna's eighth album is so insane. Um, So yeah, it debuted at number seven in the UK. And it also, I'm so ashamed to say it also, well, I'm saying debuted. It it peaked at number seven in the UK. And I'm ashamed to say Uh that in Scotland, it also peaked at number seven. God. But I mean, shame on you. Ireland actually gave it Celtic justice. It peaked at number two in Ireland. Thank fuck. I mean, we should have let it peak at number one, but... Two I mean, it says you, you hated the album. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't really contributing. <laughs> so, <laughs> but regardless... I'll give, I'll give thank you to Ireland, the country. I'm not giving thanks to you. Snatching <clears> um, that thanks off me. Thank you. Mm. So, yeah, really ashamed of the album's peaks there. Um, when it comes to the singles, so obviously the first single we have, Work, which we've discussed um, already. So yeah. that it didn't really get Celtic justice. Again, Scotland's letting me down. It peaked at number five. What is that about? Um, UK, it peaked at number two, and Ireland matched. So not Celtic justice, but, you know... I, yeah. Performed okay. I mean, just missed out on one. I wonder, did it debut at those numbers, or did it climb the same way it did in um, America? I would assume that it probably climbed just because of like the lukewarm response that it got initially. Yeah. Because I remember when I would go to clubs, <laughs> <laughs> and we Glasgow accent is killing me. Go on. <laughs> when I would go to clubs. Oh, God, club. We, yeah, there was, like, a couple places that we would go, like, every week. Um, and oh, shit. W- no. Well, yeah, I did go there, actually. That might have been, like, the, but that was once a month. I think that actually might have been the first time I heard it in a club because they were just playing all the pop queens. Shout out to Pusha and Stereo. Mm-hmm. Miss you, love you. Um, but, no, one, what is it called? Oh, my God, I can't remember what it's called. Um, it's sort of Spanishy. Oh, I don't remember, but um, there's a club that it didn't play there until like maybe end of February. So it'd been out for like a month, 
Um, yeah. And then it started playing in clubs. So I feel like it definitely did grow on everyone and you would hear it more and more. It was not like an instant hit at all. The definition of an earworm, really. <clears throat> yeah. So I would assume that it didn't peak at those numbers and it did climb. Obviously in America, I don't know where it debuted, but then it eventually became her 14th number one. Was it her 14th? Yeah. Yeah, um, so. which makes her one of, well, she's the artist with one of the most, she's one of the artists with the most number ones in America, um, like more than Michael Jackson, more than Madonna, more than Janet, more than Whitney, um, it's just like Mariah. Is she and... the, just Mariah that's above her in terms of female artists? Also, the Beatles, I think, still have that um, title, which yeah. is really fucked up. Yeah, so it's the Beatles and Elvis, I think, is above her, but she is... Oh, well, I found Elvis. I'll, I'll let him pass. May rest in peace. But if you think she's also the artist at, that debuted in the 21st century um, with the most number ones, because Mariah's built that up between 1990 and actually 2020, when All I Want For Christmas Is You became number one for the first time. Yeah. So Rihanna, Rihanna achieved 14 between 2005 and this was 2016. So in 11 years, she got... Fucking hell. She got that many number yeah. ones, like more than Madonna, Michael Jackson, all that, like so many greats. So, you know, it really, I'm glad because the initial response that Auntie got when that did go to number one in America was like, okay, it's another Rihanna classic. It's another success. And I think that really then gave way for the album to have longevity because it was such a grower. And then people started living with the album more and more. So yeah, that was work. Then... We have this one. So the singles, much like the album, it, it is a mixed bunch. I suppose overall you could kind of describe, what would you describe the album as overall if it was to be one, like, obviously you can't say one genre, but if you were if you were to try and pigeonhole it, what would you say mm. it's closest to? Mm. The first thing that comes to my head is R&B, and I know that's not right. Well, see, that's like the thing. Weird... I feel like it, it would belong. It's like alt R&B, I suppose. You know, people say that for yeah. not The weekend anymore, but The weekend's debut mixtapes trilogy. Earlier stuff. That was sort of yeah. that alt R&B. Um, sort of also, I mean, the template for it, in my opinion, is Janet Jackson's Velvet Rope because mm. it's... A classic. It's, te and bring... it's technically R&B, but there's so many different influences. Um, and other sounds brought into it. But I think with this, you can't even do that because Love on the Brain is full on soul. Doo-wop. Like, yeah. Yeah, doo-wop soul. And then Hired's also in that bed. And then you do have like Travis Scott's sort of violent trap production of like Woo. Um, Desperado's kind well, of got, what would you even call Desperado? <laughs> Western, and I know that's not a genre. <laughs> yeah, it's Western. Kiss It Better, which we will discuss after, is like heavenly, Prince inspired, like. Um, and then Pose is like PC pop. Yeah, Pose is kind of. Um, yeah, I suppose PC music's take on trap. Um, yeah. It's sort of like a like a frantic sped up tr trap song on bit like auto-tuned and bubblegummy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, I said that that is 
classic R&B essentially just like Aaliyah. Thank you Timbaland for the production. Very smooth, very low key, very sensual. And then you've got Same Old Mistakes, which is essentially just a full on cover of Tame Impala, who are, what even are they? Like alt rock? How would you even describe that? Oh no, I would have, I, I, are they not like psychedelic? So, yeah, I that's the I'm word. Because I've seen them live and their visuals <clears throat> are very like, you're on acid, so. I don't know if I'd call it pop at all, but um, it definitely, is a transcendent song, so I think Psychedelic probably does that quite well. Um, but yeah, it's really difficult to try and pinpoint the like sound or genre of the album because there isn't one and there shouldn't be. Yeah. But I think at first for people it probably was like, what is this? And that means that the singles that were then released all represented a completely different side of the album. So you had work, which was essentially the most like good time, sexy, club vibe, like bop, um, needed me. It's described as a mellow dubstep flavored electro R&B song. That makes sense because it actually is like a dubstep um, beat, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, needed me was a lot more slow, definitely much more successful in American markets because that was what was all over the radio at the time. Um, whereas in the UK, not so much so needed me only got to 38 in the uk and it got to 47 in ireland so the uk peaked oh. in top 40 but didn't even make top 40 in ireland and scotland it just didn't chart <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so we're not here for that uh yeah needed me RMA. no needed me just was not really the one for us but if you think at the time so Needed Me was sort of the one of the songs of the summer in the US, but over here, she'd also featured on Calvin Harris's This Is What You Came For, which was massive in the UK. So she was still catering to us, but just that wasn't <laughs> the right album. Now, she was giving us more basic stuff than... <laughs> <laughs> I love This Is What You Came For. But um, so she basically what I mean was like, she was still dominating both territories but in completely different ways because Needed Me didn't really click here at all. Um, And then for the, I mean, it's actually also technically the second single because she released Needed Me and Kiss It Better as almost like a joint single. Um, Needed Me took off in the US. The US ignored Kiss It Better, travesty. We also didn't really do it many favors kiss it better no i thought everyone kind of ignored kiss it better which is probably the, the biggest injustice of her career single wise in my opinion no absolutely it is like kiss it better is a classic it's timeless it's so underrated i know not by fans because anyone who is familiar with the album i i'm sure Usually, loves it i've yeah. never <laughs> i've never spoke to anyone who is a rihanna fan or an anti-fan and doesn't appreciate just the magic of that song um but it actually did get Celtic justice. <laughs> did it? Good. So, yours truly. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> so, um, so, Kiss It Better in the UK. Um, actually, I'll start with the worst and I'll do a bit of shaming here. Oh, so, no. Kiss It Better peaked in Ireland at 66. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say because more of us bought the album than Scottish people, we were all just vibing with the album. That's why the single didn't do well. 
I mean, you literally can't justify anything when you didn't like the album or listen to the album. So no. Well, by that by that way of thinking, this entire conversation is moot. No, it's just my <laughs> thoughts are the right thoughts. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> off. Um, go on, on you go. So you were sixty six. Well done for that. Good effort. Um, yeah. UK was forty six, so not in the top forty. Whereas, which is like that, just shows. Uh, the injustice of Kiss It Better actually really frustrates me because the fact Needed Me got 38, so cracked the top 40. The top 40, I mean, that's shocking for a Rihanna single to be 38 peak. Yeah. But Kiss It Better didn't even reach top 40. I don't know how people didn't grab onto it. I don't know if there was... I don't know if it's because she released it whilst Work was still rising, so Work was still the big song and it was too soon, or if it was... I well, don't it, know what it was. It never got. It never got promoted anywhere. But it was released to radio. Yeah, but it was released to radio um, the end of March, I think, which was two months into work being out. But because work was a grower, it sort of peaked like March, April time. So it was released in the midst of work being the main... Like, yeah, work obviously in um, the UK and Scotland and Ireland, I think sort of maybe cannibalised the success of the other songs. Whereas in America, because things move so slowly chart-wise, everything that, you know, could succeed kind of did. <laughs> Except for yeah. that. Well, that's the thing. I mean, it makes sense that they picked up on Needed Me and kind of forgot Kiss It Better. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make it right. But at least <laughs> one of them um, was picked up. And it, yeah. it peaked in, like, the July. So it took months to peak in America. But for not even for neither of them really to do much here is just so frustrating but Kiss It Better did crack the top 40 in Scotland and it peaked at 37 so you know I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna really shout from the rooftops here but as we actually not we didn't even just give it chaotic justice we were one of the countries in the whole entire world where it performed best I mean, it's sad that 37 is one of the best performances that it, that it had, but it's intense. you can take that success. Yeah, looking at, oh my God, yeah, because looking at the charts here, Belgium, it got to either 15 or 32. I don't know, there's two different Belgium charts, but oh. um, yeah, we actually were one of the countries. Oh, sorry, South Africa gave it number four. Right, get me to South Africa. That is a country I that we need to move. I mean, <laughs> Kiss It Better isn't maybe just a little bit of a weird song. I don't think it is. I think what it is is it was too mature. But then what I hoped for at the time was that, like, you know, when songs reach, like, adult contemporary status and adults yeah. start to listen, I think that wasn't even possible because she was still seen as, like, young wild rihanna and work was like popping off in the club so like the adults <sighs> weren't listening well, wasn't love you know? on the brain one of those <sighs> yeah in america though not really here i don't really oh, know the okay. rhyme or reason but it's just so annoying because it is it really is like a classic moment it's gorgeous it's beautiful it's sort of 80s it's so sexy she sounds amazing and it's just I always so think it sounds like <clears throat> someone from like 
years and years and years in the future trying to replicate an 80s power ballad. So it has one toe in like very, very, very far in the future, while also you could, you know, if you sort of squint when you look at it, you could imagine it being something from the 80s. Do you think it sounds futuristic? I do, yeah. And I don't know whether it's the electric guitar or or what it is, but there's, yeah, there's something about that song where I think it sounds, that's what, did we say timeless? Was timeless the word or did we use that for love on the brain? Um, uh, that was love on the brain, but I mean, this is also a timeless song, I think. I think it's definitely yeah. one of her best. And uh, I mean, I'm hoping that the way the album has just consistently been one of the most streamed female albums every single year since it's since it was released five years ago i'm hoping that people generally recognize kiss it better as a classic but you never really know do you because it, it you can't ever it there's nothing really to point to yeah it depends on what you're coming to rihanna for really doesn't it mm. so yeah but i just feel like for me it is the heart of the album um also do you know that that was recorded in 2014 so she had that just sitting for a full two years, ready to go. I know, but I'm glad she kept it on the, on the album. Me too. I mean, you can tell that she definitely loves the album anyway, because she, you know, the, that song, she made it the closer for the Anti-World Tour, didn't she? She did. She did. And that is one way to make a song a classic. Although I do remember um, when we went to that tour in Glasgow, it, like, me, Rachel and Anna were so buzzing and like screaming our hearts out and just like oh it was such a moment because we all adore that song and so many people around us clearly were just wanting an encore of like only good in the world or something something. yeah (laughs) they were just wanting some like one of the big hits and then it was just it was such a weird crowd i feel like like a lot of people said that about that tour and it's almost like the reception to the tour just replicated the reception to the album because remember she sold the tickets for the tour before the album came out and then yeah people were probably, if she had waited and toured this album a year after it had come out, people probably would have been way, way, way more receptive to those songs rather than, you know, <clears throat> being like, play Shut Up and Drive. <laughs> play Shut Up and Drive. Yeah, I don't know what, I just, we were so annoyed that people were like, well, poor them, because they clearly, I, I just didn't understand, because the album had been out for six months, so... If you're not vibing with the album, she's obviously going to do a lot of the album when she's been away for three years. She's not going to come on and do Hate That I Love You. So... <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> that's... But, and even if you think of Unapologetic being the last one, that's not bops on bops on bops. Like, you've got songs like What Now? and Yeah, I mean, to be fair, we're talking about it as if Andy was like this complete shock to the system. It really wasn't. If you listen to Unapologetic, it she was laying the groundwork. Yeah, um, so yeah, the tour really annoyed me with people like that, but um, I loved that she did it as the closing song. The closing closing song. Closing song. (laughs) The closing song of the tour. Um, I just love that song so much. I adore it. It's it's a song I really will never be able to articulate what it makes me feel. I just think it's so beautiful. It sounds like sunshine. It just makes me want to be in love and like rolling around the grass on a sunny day. You you get a sunny vibe from Kiss It Better. Yeah, been waiting on this dungeon, boy. You get a wintry vibe. That's so mm-hmm. insane. No, I yeah. feel like it's maybe it's a really nice day in May, and I'm on like a field in France with a hot boy. 
just rolling around, drinking wine. Just enjoying yourself. Yeah. Well, that's obviously why you love the song so much. It's bringing you to such a happy place. I mean, that that has never actually happened, but... <laughs> <laughs> you can, live, you can live, in, live in hope. But that's what I'm manifesting for 2021, maybe. Um, if I get that fucking vaccine, please. Um, so, yeah. Um, adore that song. That is one that got Celtic justice. So, well done, Scots. Snap for us. Yeah. Um, and then... Oh, I'm sorry to say, Mark, we have another Celtic Justice another moment for me. Right, okay. For me to brag about. So the fourth official single, which to be fair, it never got a music video, um, which I still don't understand. In America, it reached top 10, I'm sure, and what became one of the biggest hits and one of the, like, one of the hits with long, no, what would you say that? Like one of the longest running Longevity. hits. Yeah. yeah, but I don't know how to place it in the sentence. It anyway. resonated the most. Well, it just stuck around for longer um, in America. But that was because eventually when it did click and was sent to radio and stuff, that was the song that then clicked with like adult contemporary and all those radio stations. Um, yeah. So it, it's became one of her like defining hits of the last decade, I would say, for American audiences. Whereas here, I think just because it was never officially sent to radio, it was never... It never got the music video. It never got that. Yeah. We like it it just was never given the opportunity. Um, and that is Love on the Brain, the timeless doo-wop ballad. Timeless, timeless, timeless. You love it a bit of doo-wop. I do. That's why this one in particular was the one that drove Matt craziest whenever the album came out, because he was like, Mark, that's exactly your kind of ballad. That's your kind of shit. You love this kind of stuff. Why do you not like it? And I think I just really wasn't used to hearing her singing stuff like that. Um, I must have just been in a very bad place when this album came out. But um, <laughs> the... <laughs> just really fucking struggling. <laughs> Love it. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, no, but now it is, um, yeah, one of my favorites on the album. Probably my second favorite on the album. Um, and I think, where was the performance that she did of it with the green? Uh, the Billboard Music Awards. Yeah, that performance, I think, was what made it properly click with me. Um... <laughs> what I love about Love on the Brain is um, when she sings it live. I feel like that was also a moment, and to be fair, to the not to be fair to us as well, but the two main big performances of this song were four months apart. One was in April at Billboard Music Awards. That's only shown in America. And then the VMAs, which not many people wa have watched in like the last few years. Um, so yeah. I feel like it just didn't really get its moment. Whereas those two big shows, she definitely was pushing it over there. Probably because she knew that audience would pick it up. But what I love about the song is when she started performing it, I mean, one, just because she was showing how much her voice had grown since the years before um, and how like yeah. rich and mature and raspy it was. And it was just so amazing. But the claws, when she sings... <laughs> she gets really, like, really... Her monstrous. fingers, she looks... You know in Scary Movie 2, which it's so problematic, but oh in Scary Movie God, 2... do not cite that fucking <laughs> character. Your heterosexual is showing... Um, so scary movie too um, but yeah you know the guy I mean and he puts like his fingers in like yeah. the pies and shit 
her fingers looked like that. Like they always remind me of that when she sings because it is if like she was actually, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's as if she is just well, if, putting- the, if the pain and emotion is coming yeah. through every facet of her body, even to her but, fingertip. She just gives everything she has and it makes it so almost like, well, it is emotional to watch but just because you're like, are you okay? <laughs> like, she is like really singing for her life. On the, on the yeah, she's really yeah. singing for her life. Um, so yeah, love, love on the brain, but definitely was more, um, quite more with the US. So this one is actually the worst performing single for all of us. Um, yeah. The UK, it just did not chart. Did not chart. Um, oh. Ireland, it did not chart. Aww. Yep, I did mean... not chart. And then, in Scotland! So it doesn't... Didn't crack top 40, but 59. At least you it know. got a number. Well, yeah. exactly. And it's better than... I feel like at least it was in the 50s. You know, if it was like 7 to 8 or something, I'd be like, Christ. You'd um, be mortified. Yeah. No, that song is... <clears throat> that song is fucking stunning. It is funny when you're talking through the singles that there really isn't anything. You wouldn't describe any of these singles as upbeat work, apart I guess. From, it's it's apart more from of a vibe. Yeah. Abby, you would never call it a banger. Is this like her first album that doesn't have a banger as a single? Oh, it's not. A, yeah, it's definitely not a banger, but it's absolutely a yeah. bop. Like, I mean, if you don't have rhythm in the hips, then maybe you can't relate, but I think it's a bop. Mm. Um, because you know you can dance to it, you can get down in the summer. Um, I'm not saying you can't dance to it or anything. I'm just saying it's not. It you know it never screams. You know about yeah, itself. It's not quite a, like everything. Yeah. Everything's quite mellow. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's more of a vibe, isn't it? It's a vibe album. Um, mm. but yeah, because even there, like, what is the thread between those singles? Work, I suppose, is just like what and to get with someone I suppose essentially um needed me is basically being like fuck off I don't need you I'm a bad bitch get out my life um mm. but then kiss it better is the opposite it is like this it's well I suppose it's not even that opposite I suppose that is actually probably be about the same relationship it's like this is not good for us but I just want it one it. last try. time yeah yeah and we can just try again try again so i suppose it is all about the same like tortured love um which has like bright sexy times and then i mean really it's probably just toxic isn't it and then love on the brain yeah to be fair yeah to be fair actually that is the the thread i think the thread and i would say this is the thread through the whole album and i know you were asking for like one word to describe it and you meant like a genre but the word i would always use to describe this album is dark i think everything sounds dark Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But then you've said that you think of Kiss It Better as a summary song, and I don't, so I feel like maybe you're, you'll disagree with me on that. But I just think there's a sort of like, <clears throat> I don't want to say a cloud hanging over it, because that makes it sound like it's not fun. But it's, this is an intense album. You're sort of hearing her work through, as you said, this toxic relationship and expectations of her and all of that sort of stuff. The only one that I think sounds even vaguely light as a song is Sex With Me. And that's not even on the main album. What do you think? Oh no, I think um I think it's an eleven PM album. 
And what I mean by that is in, like, I can imagine <laughs> if I was a lot hotter and if I looked like Rihanna, like, I would light a join and, like, the album would start at, like, 11pm and then it would probably end around, like, 3, 4. And that's, like, what I imagine her, like, that's what Man, I imagine where it lives. Like, it's a very late night album. Um, it all feels a little bit, I get what you mean with the cloud, but I don't think it's like a permanent cloud, but it de- it's like a hazy album, I think. I think it's yeah. hazy and it's um, it's just definitely about the vibes. Um, but I think James Join and Kiss It Better, that is a combo. That to me is just gorgeous and sun and dreamy um, and not like the blistering heat of the daytime, but like, you know, a nice like mellow. Like, yeah, like a hazy near, sort of temperature. Near sunset. Near sunset yeah. at like... 8pm maybe um but i think yeah i said it what's not no it's not really a light song it is very sensual in a moody way isn't it so i suppose dark um does make sense yeah that's always how i thought of it um and then to be fair my other favorite album of hers is rated r which is another dark album yeah that album is very dark but i would actually say red star and i adore red star but i think that's um a less cohesive album to listen to even than this oh yeah i would agree that this one's definitely more cohesive i just i just think there's higher highs on rated r well that's fair uh, is my single favorite rihanna song what one firebomb oh firebomb yeah cold case love is probably well it's the song that i think is i think it's her finest moment um ever i'm gonna listen to that album whenever we're done i love cold case love um yeah so that's us that is ante five years i have been waiting 20 percent of my fucking life for rihanna's ninth album and geez, why don't you look great. at it in a more positive way why don't you look at it as a quarter of your life with ante well it's a fifth of my life Oh, I got that wrong. Well, a fifth of your life with this album. Look at it in a more positive route. Try and see a silver line in here. Who's the dumb bitch of this episode? Not me! I think that's out for debate. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. But anyway, yeah, that's Auntie. Um, love you, bitch. Um, it's been great spending five years with you. Hopefully, she does lose <laughs> another sometime soon. I'm just like, when are we going to get it? I don't understand what's... What, Again, I'm just, I mean, she has literally, we've got Fenty Beauty, Fenty Skin. She's the first black woman to launch like a fashion house with LMVH. She is, yeah. she's got Savage X Fenty, Murdered Victoria's Secret, slit it by the throat a couple of years ago. Like she is very busy and I get that, but I just She's a busy, busy human. Music. You know? I, I miss it as well, but... I am content with what she's given us. Like, I'm content to wait with what she's given us, is what I mean. Do you know what I mean? I'm not. I'm, and I, reading interviews with her, and obviously none of the interviews are are about albums anymore, but, you know, every Mm -hmm. interview she reads, I laugh that shit up. She sounds, she just sounds like she's really, really living in every single little bit of business that she's doing and if music has to take a back seat until she's ready i am very content with her to rack up the billions and then you know let us in whenever she's ready 
I think it's just because I always know there are several albums that exist because she has been recording like for the last three years. But I'm just so impatient and I need it. But I do agree. I'm very happy. I mean, it can go on record. We all know I would literally die for Robin Rihanna Fenty if it came to it. Push come to shove. Why not? Protect her more than me. I mean, she's going to change the world more than me. What I the fuck am think, I going to do? Do you know what I mean? I don't think anyone um, would disagree with that. So, you know, I've got nothing wrong with waiting. I just would like it to be You're just very impatient. Than... Yeah, mm. I would just like it to be sooner rather than later. But yeah, so Gorge. thank you, Auntie. Thank you, Rihanna. Um, five years. Have you got anything else that you would like to say about it? No, I don't think so. Um, what do you think of the artwork? How does it rank in your, in your Rihanna artworks? I think it is the best. You think it's the best? Yeah. Um... You know when you can't really think of something objectively anymore because you've just lived with it for so long? I feel like I don't even think about the you artwork have anymore. A on your body. Yeah. Well, just the balloon, yeah. But um, I think it is stunning. Um, and obviously that was another change for her not to have herself on the album cover for the first time. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know if it's my favourite. I will always love the Loud cover, even though now it annoys me, it's got that like weird 2010 sort of bluish negative tint on it. Um, but I think my favourite is actually the Talk That Talk deluxe cover, the black and white when she's smoking. Oh, that is a fantastic cover. Yeah, but I hate the R and like the jagged R that's in the corner, which it was just the photo. Same with the original Talk That Talk artwork, because that's also stunning when her tongue's out. But yeah, um, the Talk That Talk I think, original artwork is fantastic. Yeah, I think they're my favourite. Um, but yeah, no, I do love the anti cover as well. It's just 10 out of 10 album from me. Um, gorgeous, one of my all time favourites, my favourite Rihanna. I'm just desperately, I'm desperado for a new one. Fuck oh, off. <laughs> yeah, she was waiting for you to say that. I thought we'd get to the end of this recording without you making that joke. Uh, there you are. Desperado. Um, yeah, so Jador, thank yeah. you, Rihanna. And happy five years on January 28th. Yeah. I hope all you sexy bitches listening listen to it and give it some respect. Um, Celebrate its birthday. Yeah. Um, and if anyone else has a penny, what's she called? Penny what? Penny for your thoughts. Oh, Pennywise. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, if anyone else out there has a Pennywise tattoo, let me know and we can be sisters. That'd be really cute. Um, yeah, that's us for another oh, week. We See you next it. week for God knows what. I have no idea what we'll God knows what. We'll have a little think. Find yeah. out. Right, okay. Bye, hey. everyone. Bye. Deuces.